0: Hello, everybody. Let's make our way into the sanctuary and come up here. Come join me. Hello. Hello. Where? I know there are a lot more people. Let's get up here. Well, welcome to Elevate tonight. Who's ready? Who's ready to be here tonight? Oh, you don't sound ready. Woo! And I'm You know, let Jesus have your heart. Let his light shine through you. Because as we hear in Proverbs 27, 19, as water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. Amen? Live your life for Jesus today. Show a life that is worthy of him. Can we all do that tonight? Can you do that? Yeah. Oh, you don't sound excited about it. Yeah. Okay, pretend that This is Jesus, because this is Jesus. This is not someone just doing a free throw. Are you excited? Yeah. Okay, who can be excited? Victor, are you excited?
1: Yeah! Woo! Let's worship Jesus! All right, Elevate, it's good to have you guys here. The song that we're singing today is gonna be Deep Cries Out. It's a really easy song. But as we sing it, let's remember that the Holy Spirit lives in us, and he gives us rivers of living water so that we we never run dry. Amen? Deep cries. And deep cries. To deep cries out, to deep cries out, to when we cry out, to we cry out to you, Jesus. Deep cries, deep cries out, to deep cries out, to deep cries out, to deep cries out, to when we cry out, to we cry out to you, Jesus. I've got a river, and I've got a river of living water fountain that never will run dry it's an open and it's an open heaven glory glory releasing and we will never be denied stir up the wells because we're stirring up deep deeper wells if we're stirring up deep deep waters we're gonna dance in the river dance in the river cause we're stirring up deep deep wells we're stirring up deep deep waters we're gonna jump in the river cries out to deep cries out to and we cry out to, we cry out to you jesus if he goes to the left and if he goes to the left then we're going to the left and if we go to the right we will go to the right we're gonna dance 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 in the river dance dance Dance, dance, everybody. If he goes to the left, then we're going to the left. And if he goes to the right, we will go to the right. We're gonna shout, 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 shout in the river. Shout, 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 shout. And deep cries out, deep cries out, too. Deep cries out, deep cries out, too. We cry out, too. we cry out, to You, Jesus. Give a shout of praise to Jesus. We love you, Jesus. On the count of three, let's just say the word, Jesus. One, two, three, Jesus. Hallelujah. We love your name, Jesus. You guys ever have a friend that you're so close to that even if they're far away, you can just shout their name and you'll you'll know that they're going to turn around and they're going to be like, hey, I know you. They're not going to be like, oh, I don't know you, like whatever, bye. That's the kind of friend we have in Jesus, amen. That when we shout his name, that when we call on his name, he turns around, he's like, hey, I'm not that far away. I'm right here. Hallelujah. This next song is called Love Came Down. And be free, 'cause I am yours. I am forever yours. Mountain high, mountain high, valley you know. I sing out, remind my soul. Then I am yours, and I am forever yours. So this song is talking about love coming down, right? The Bible talks about that God is love, and Jesus. He came down from heaven for us. So this song is talking about how Jesus came down for us, love came down for us in the flesh. But he didn't just come down for no reason, but he came for us. So while we're in worship right now, I wanna challenge you to just, whether you sing along or you close your eyes or lift your hands, that you will remember that he's not that far away. Like how we were in prayer, we were talking about just cutting out religion and keeping it real with God. I want these times of worship to be real because it's real for me. I remember being a youth and being touched by God for the first time and feeling his presence, is real love for me. And that's why I desire to see every Friday night Love came down and rescued me Love came down and set me free And I am yours I am forever yours Mountain high, and mountain high A valley low I sing out, remind my soul That I am yours And I am forever yours my heart is overwhelmed and I cannot hear your voice I hold on to what is true though I cannot see and if the storms in life they come and the road ahead gets steep I will lift these hands in praise I will believe and I'll remind And I'll remind myself of all that you've done. And the life I have because of your son. We need to remind ourselves in this place. And I'll remind myself of all that you've done. Thank you, Jesus. And the life I have because of your son. Love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. And I am yours. I am forever yours. Mountain high and mountain high your valley low. I sing out, remind my soul that I am yours. I am forever yours. I am yours. I am yours I am yours Yes, I am yours Sing it out for all of my days Jesus, I am yours If you haven't made the decision to follow Jesus And you haven't encountered his presence, his love Just while I was practicing today, just on my own time at home, just different people became to coming to my mind in prayer and during worship, and just picturing you guys, you youth. Just a couple of them. One of them was Delaney and Layla. And I just remember picturing you guys just as I was praying, just begin to let go and surrender to Jesus and lift your hands and worship him. And what I'm saying to these two, Delaney and Layla, it's for all of us here tonight. God desires all of us to keep our hands open, surrender to him. Saying God touch my heart in a new way, speak to my heart in a new way. Not like you did yesterday, because it's a new day. It's a new day, God has a fresh word for Isaiah. Oh, he has a fresh word for you. Everyone who's going through the storm He's right with you Where you're at Invite him into the wilderness Invite him into your storm He's saying peace be still Peace be still To all the waves in your storm tonight Peace be still And all was made still Hallelujah. Won't you open up your heart and let King Jesus in? Won't you open up your heart and let King Jesus in? And aren't you tired of hurting and always living in the past? Aren't you tired of the enemy stealing and destroying you with his lies? King Jesus is here to set you free. He's here to set you free. Just welcome him into your heart. Be the Lord, be the master of my heart. Won't you open up your heart and let King Jesus in? you open up your heart and let King Jesus in. Aren't you tired of hurting and always living in the past? Aren't you tired of the enemy stealing and destroying you with his lies? King Jesus is here to set you free. King Jesus is here to set you free.
2: Lord God, I just I thank you, Lord, for your love because your love is true, Lord. And I pray, God, that these youth would know that, Lord, that you, God, are love. Yes, God. That you are faithful to the end. That you are quick to forgive. That you are slow to anger. Oh, lo- you do not, you do not envy love. Oh, Lord, you are the only love that we need. And outside of you, there is no love. Yes, God. I pray that these youth, God, every one of them would know that there is true love found in you and only you, God. That this love has come. And it's, it's given us freedom. It's given us hope. It's given us yourself that you come to live in us, and we get to feel your love, and we get to know your love. Because 2,000 years ago, this love became a man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this man tied on the cross with every one of us in our, in our in his mind. So I pray, Lord. And Stephanie, if you could sing that, 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 verse, that verse, the chorus, love came down. Because people need to get this to their head. We all need to.
1: Yes. Me, love came down and set me free, and I am yours, and I am forever yours. In mountain high or valley low, I sing out, remind my soul, and I am yours, I am forever yours. as love came down. Love came down and set me free, and I am yours, and I am forever yours. In mountain high, or valley low, I sing down, remind my soul, that I am yours, yes, I am forever yours.
2: Just let that song I'm speak to you, yours. that we are God's, and that God keeps us. That God keeps us, and He keeps us in an everlasting love that it does not stop, it does not grow weary. God pursues us, and He pursues us in a way that we'll never know with anyone else. That you could have someone that you have your eyes on. You could even have your mother and your father, but your mother and your father, they may forsake you. They they may leave you. That boy, that girl, oh, they might dump you. They might leave you. They might cheat on you. God is faithful to the end. God is faithful to the end in which, dude... The love of God does not stop. God saved me and I I pray that I would know his love. And I pray that all of us, everyone, no matter how old you are, that we would all know his love. That his love would be our driving focus. And that we would remind ourselves every day, every morning, that we are living with the love inside of us. that That we can't even comprehend. That it grows deeper. It says in the Bible, God. That God meets us with new mercies. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your new mercies that meet me every day. That when I've messed up, when I've fallen short, your grace is there, your love is there, and he's here for everyone here. God, I pray, Lord, you would speak to them in this message, Lord, that you spoke to them in this worship. That, God, they would know your love in a new way. That it would not be religion. No, Lord, it would be community. It would be knowing you face-to-face like Moses, Lord. Oh god, I praise you Lord and I thank you for this time in Jesus name. Amen.
3: Ooh, who's excited for tonight? Oh wow, there's like not not a not a noise in here. Elevate elevate what 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 What, what. god is good and all the time amen amen we're here at elevate we're here every friday night 7 p.m and here we have a vision and who knows what our vision is raise your hand if you know our vision without looking at the slide Oh, you're a bunch of sinners. No, I'm just kidding. So our vision is loving God and loving people. So we love God by obeying his commands and worshiping him with passion. And how do we love people? Who knows how we love people? I love people. Who knows how Who knows how we love people? Do y'all need me to tell you? Y'all are just like antisocial today. So we preach the gospel and help in times of need. Amen, and then we have a strategy on how we're gonna do that. We're gonna connect you to the cross through our life groups We got the ambassadors Wow that was messed up that was was so weak. I'm not even going to go to the next one because the first one wasn't even on point So we got we got to start off on point. All right, we got the ambassadors There we go. There we go, and then we got the resistance Where's TJ? TJ, TJ better be quiet. You better be quiet, TJ. Yeah, you better be quiet. And then we're going to mentor you in the 101 and 201. So all my 101ers, can I hear something? Nathan was pretty excited. I, I, I was excited for you, Nathan. And then we got our 201. And Shamal's the only one I hear when like something he's involved in. Let's go! And then we're going to send you out to make disciples that make disciples. For an ultimate goal of 100,000 disciples with 50 churches and 500 around the world. If you believe that, can I get an amen? Amen, amen. amen. We want to let you guys know about the toy drive again today. So, King's Kids is collecting new toys from about a dollar to five dollars. You could go run over there to uh, what's the name of that place? Five Below and give them to the church we're asking to do that before uh, Sunday December 18th for a chance to win a pizza party so who wants to have a pizza party here at Elevate all right so if y'all want to have a pizza party y'all need to start donating some toys because this this stomach ain't gonna get full off pizza unless y'all donating something you know what I'm saying so I need y'all to win me a pizza party I don't know about y'all and then I need a pizza party you want a pizza party right Amen. We got to we got to donate some toys. And then December 23rd, we're having a special get together called the Lord's Supper. It's going to be food, fun, fellowship, communion. So that's our Christmas time. So we know not everybody's available to come. So we made it like a hangout, eat lit night where everybody could come, be with your brothers and sisters in Christ and just enjoy that. And now we're going to stand to our feet for tithes and offerings. Who knows what a tithe is without looking? Victor knows. Okay, come on, Victor. Second time. Elevate.
0: 10% of your
3: total income. Ooh, he closed his eyes and everything. Y'all got to make some noise. Like, he's standing there like 10%. Oh, that was that was beautiful. I love it. And what's the offering? Who knows? Elijah. Elijah, I'm going to just jump over the chairs. I'm going to get reckless here. Close your. You got to close your eyes now. Victor started something new.
2: Anything you give
3: after your time? Ooh, come on. Come on, come on, y'all gotta make some noise for that man. That was great. I made him close his eyes. He had to trust God that it was right. And what's our example for tonight? Oh, he gave something simple. What's 10% of $5, who knows? No, really, nobody knows the 10%. He gives these super hard questions. What, Ivan, oh, Ivan, you gotta say it in the mic cause I couldn't hear you. Yeah, take off that cup sweater while you're at it too. Yeah, go ahead. What's 10% of $5? 50 cents, Fifty cents. if he's wrong, what's the answer? Oh, Karina getting sassy over here, 50 cents, Ivan's right, amen, amen, all right, we're going to bow our heads and pray, hallelujah God, we thank you for this time Lord, we thank you for this new uh, message that you're about to bring forth to us God, the into the wilderness God, I pray that it would reach every single one of us and it would give us a new revelation of who you are. A new, uh, a new look at your grace, a new look at your kindness, a new look at your mercy. And I pray that people would be brought to your spirit from this, God, that they would be able to experience you in a new type of way, God. And I pray that you would bless the tithes and offerings, God, that it would go forth to bless your kingdom. And it's in your mighty name that we all pray. And everybody said, amen. Come forward as you give. Hey, guys, quick announcement. So we're going to need everybody to stand up right now. Everybody stand up. Stand to your feet. I need to see everybody on their feet, everybody on their feet. So we're going to move everybody to sit into the first two rows and put your coats and bags under the seats. Amen. First two rows. So if you ain't in the first two rows, you in the wrong place. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. I'm trying to hear this message right quick. Y'all need to get in these rows real quick. I got five. Four now, nah, I'm just kidding.
4: All right. Elevate. It seems like we're having some seating difficulties, huh? Right? One, two rows. Everybody say one. Two. That's just that simple, right? And then we have young three. Come on, three. Where you at? You guys ain't even there. We got one three guy right here. One trays for days right here. That's it. One, three. You guys need another chance? Three guys? Three. All right. Where the threes at? Where the threes at? Y'all just made your own road, man. We appreciate you guys. At least represent. Come on. So we got Ivan representing hardcore over here. All right, man. Elevate. Elevate. What, what? What, what? Man, y'all excited right here, man. Who's more excited than these two brothers? Is anybody else excited to be here, man? Come on. Let's hear it. Yes, man. That is what I'm talking about, man. God is good, man. I am so excited today. My name is Stephen Ramos. I am the pastor here at Elevate Youth. Come on, somebody. And uh, today I'm excited because we are starting our new series called In the Wilderness. Right? How many know what I'm talking about when I say In the Wilderness? With a show of hands, what am I talking about? Are we in Walt Disney? No, right? What does the wilderness look like? Anybody? The forest, right? That's a good one, yes. Like the forest? Anybody else? Trails. Trails. Okay, he's thinking and stuff. What you got? Lots of trees. Lots of trees, okay. Are there any leaves on these trees? Anybody, right? What? No. No, right? So the thing is, I want us to get this picture of how the wilderness looks like. Because this wilderness is a real place. And even though at times when we thinking about, like we live in a city, obviously, right? We're in Chicago, right? Any shytown town people out here? Yeah. Come on, somebody, represent, right? shytown town in a house, right? I'm not going to say Chi-Rack. We get enough of that every day. But shytown town is in the house, right? We are in Chicago. But in Chicago, we don't really have any wildernesses. I mean, we can go out to like the Chicago Forest Preserve, right? But when you hear Forest Preserve, then you start thinking about, Trees with like leaves on them. You may have a deer in there that'll jump out you. You'll run them over with your car, pull over, eat him. You know what I mean? Some of us like that raw meat. You'll just eat them right on the road. I mean, different things happen in a forest preserve. You may even get a nice little river. You'll stop, take a picture like, dude, selfie, bam. River's in the back looking all romantic. You're hoping some some guy or some girl will see it like, dude, I need to be with this person. They're doing big things, romantic things. I need to be there. So you think about these things in a forest preserve. But now when you hear wilderness, see, that's the total opposite. A wilderness, especially a deserted wilderness, has none of those things That a forest preserve would have, like, and I'm using forest preserve because how many seen a forest preserve in Chicago, right? You ride bikes through there. Some of you guys smoking weed in there. We'll pray for you later, right? But things happen in a forest preserve, and we're all familiar with them from one point or another. Some of us do barbecues in the forest preserve, and um, we do different things in the forest preserve. But in the wilderness, nobody wants to be in the wilderness. See, in the wilderness, there's no trees with leaves on them. In the wilderness, there's, they're not bearing fruit in the wilderness. You're not going to come across just random like, dude, here's a river. Let me drink. There's, there's not going to be any of that, you know? There's no cereal in the wilderness. I love cereal. Hey, who else? Ooh, that's that thing, right? So cereal, like when I don't eat cereal, this is like totally off the subject, just saying it just to say it, right, just so you guys can get to know your pastor. My birthday's coming up. Give me cereal. I love that, right? All kinds of cereals, man, right? I go through seasons of cereal, like one season. I'm like, dude, I want some fruit, uh, fruit Loops with marshmallows in it. And I'll do that for about a month. And then after that, I'll get tired of fruit Loops with marshmallows. And I'm like, man, dude, I'm feeling like some Cinnamon Toast Crunch right about now. So I'll do that for a couple weeks, and then I'll jump on something else. I just love cereal. I'm t- I love cereal so much. This is a true story, and I don't even know why I'm saying this, but it's just what it is. True story. For SU, I go to Bible college. I remember my last year, I have about... About five more months left. Praise God, right? Um, Your pastor's not an ignoramus. I I know what I'm talking about a little bit, just a little bit. I'm growing a little bit. Um, But we fast every quarter for like 21 days fast, like legit. And um, one of those fasts, I stopped eating cereal. That was horrible. It was horrible for me. 21 days without cereal and milk, it was devastating for me, man. But God honored it. He loved it because he knew I, I love cereal and was willing to give it up for that time so I can, instead of eating cereal, I would pray to the Lord. Amen? Amen. But that's another, that's another uh, preaching sermon right there, if you guys get what I'm talking about. But nonetheless, in a wilderness, you won't find none of these things. And I want you guys to picture this in your head. When you're inside a wilderness, everything looks hopeless. There's no grass on the ground. There's no trees bearing fruit. There's no leaves. Matter of fact, there's no green. It all looks just like dust. It looks like death. Exactly. So when you're walking in this wilderness, there's not any like like selfie times. You know what I mean? Unless like you think like that stuff is cool, like dude, this looks legit. Like I might die right here. Let me take a selfie of this. And then some random crazy fantasy you have in your head, like I want to die in like this part right here, you know? Other than that, there's not really like those highlight moments like Dude, this is worth a selfie right here. Other than like falling in some trap, dying of thirst or hunger, and and just dying out there in the wilderness. That is the only thing you'll probably get out of the wilderness, especially if you don't make it out. Now, the thing with this series is that that is exactly what we're going to be talking about, is the wilderness. Now, how many people in your life, I know some people came from like, you know, you've been to other churches. Some of us was raised in church. Some of us were actually, one of us was like born like right here, like bam. Right? Where's the law at? Where's he at? The law's right here. Give it up for the law. This brother was born on the altar of the Lord. This is a man of God, man, man of God, born just, bam, law, raised him up. And the man's been doing good things for God ever since, right? Give it up to his parents, man, for just working it out and uh, doing big things in marriage. And giving birth to an awesome son, one of, one of the sons. So the thing is, though, we, we want to talk about the wilderness. And a lot of us, as I said, born in church, some of us gave birth in church. And other words, you know, we've been to churches, we heard many things from people. How many of us heard about the wilderness according to the Bible? Anybody? Other than the people that have been raised in church, like giving birth right here, right? You're, you're one of them too. You were born right here. I, you know, I, I can remember that. You were born right here. TJ, but anybody else over here? You guys ever heard of a message, a preaching sermon, a Christian talking about the wilderness, anything like that? Nobody. Okay, one person, cool. Anybody else on this side ever heard of that other than a Bible college student back there? Right? Yes? Of course, the awesome sister of God. Anybody else? Okay, thanks for being honest. Now we're going to have to get a crash course on the wilderness real fast, okay? Now this is what happened, right? How many people know Egypt, slavery, the Israelites, they, they were in Egypt in slavery. God delivered them, right? Start sending frogs and all type of crazy stuff over there. Gnats and flies. And you guys know what I'm talking about? the, first, the firstborn were killed, Right? Does anybody watch TV? Okay, because you guys look at me like, I never heard this, never seen this ever. All right, every around this time, watch just regular TV, it may may even be black and white, and you'll hear Moses, and all of a sudden it's like, man, there's a series on Egypt and everything else. Watch that movie. If not, rent it. I see you, rent it and check it out. And this is what happened during those times. Basically, uh, the children of Israel, uh, the children of God, who was Israel, was led into slavery for about 400 and some years in Egypt. There were slaves. These were, these were the children of God. And during that time, man, they were literally slaves. They were forced to build things for Egypt and all this other crazy stuff. I don't know if they built the pyramids. Who knows if they did? That's some fascinating stuff. But nonetheless, this is what was going on, Right. So basically, while being in there, you know, they're crying out to God, things like that. God raises up Moses, a man of God who was raised up in the palace of Egypt, went from there. All of a sudden, he he went on ahead and was chased out of Egypt because he killed one of the Egyptians and his brothers and whatever. Killed, you know, killed this person, ran into his own little wilderness, if you will. And um, God began to raise him up. Raise them up to such a degree that in a burning bush he's seen when they're like, wow, this bush is burning. It's on fire, but it's not on fire. Like it's not consumed, but it's burning. Walks up to it, come to find out God was speaking through that bush. Said, this is holy ground. We'll move your sandals, whatever, right? So from there he said, I'm going to send you back to Egypt to deliver my people. And long story short, that's exactly what he did. He went back over there. God sent these plagues over there because the Pharaoh of Egypt was hardening, he hardened his heart, and he would not let the people go. All the way down to the bottom, where God ends up killing the firstborn. After that, they're like, you know what? Take your people, take the straw, the hay, dude, take bricks, whatever you're gonna take, jewelry, all that, and leave, get up out of Egypt. Long story short, they leave out of Egypt, you know, the Red Sea. How many heard of the Red Sea splitting open, right? My goodness. Right here. Are you serious? You just raise your hand like he's going to get me. You, you just, legit, right? Red Sea splits open. Thanks for your honesty. Red Sea splits open. They walk on dry land, go on to the other side. And then after that, God has them camping out in a spot. He, he could have had them go an easy way because they were headed now toward the, toward the, uh, the promised land. He could have had them go an easy way, but the easy way meant they had to go to war. So he's like, no, if I put them to war, they're going to want to run literally back to Egypt because they're not ready for war right now. They were slaves. So instead, he had them go toward the wilderness. And in that wilderness, before they get in there, they were thirsty, and God gave them something to drink. It was a river right there, but it was a bitter a bitter river. He had them grab this sweet branch, throw the branch in there. The water became sweet, and he drank. They were able to drink the water. Okay, You can find this around Exodus chapter 16, around there. right? Read your Bibles. You can get this stuff. So basically after that, God then says, I'm going to lead you into the wilderness. And this is what he says, to test your hearts. I'm going to lead you in there. He leads them into the wilderness. And what happens in the wilderness is exactly that. They began to complain. And the first thing they complained about was food. And then God sent the rain down manna from heaven. Anybody heard. I mean, how many of us heard manna from heaven? This is where it comes from. It didn't come from Grandma. She wasn't just making bread rain and stuff like, bam, baby, I got you. Don't worry about it. I got this. No, none of that stuff. It was God literally raining down bread from heaven, and it was called manna. All right, somebody say manna. Yes, you guys got it, man. Awesome, man. So going from there, they failed miserably inside the wilderness. So from there on, uh, the reason why I'm saying this and breaking down that particular story is because from there on, None of that generation that came out of Egypt made it into the promised land. Okay, the promised land was something that God promised his people, and he said, If you obey me, honor me, I'm gonna lead you to the promised land where it's flowing with milk and honey and blessings and everything else. Okay. So they, they failed miserably, and he, he promised them. He said, you know what? None of you guys are going to make it in. Only the next generation, only your sons and daughters will make it into the, uh, the wilderness. It, it was only supposed to take 11 days to get to the promised land. They were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, 11 days to get into the, journey, to, into the promised land, but it took them 40 years of going in circle because they wanted to do it their own way, and their own way did not work. Remember that number, 40 years, okay? Wilderness, 40 years, things are going on. First, for The first complaint was about food, manna from, you know, and then God rained out manna from heaven and all these other things. From there on out, what you start hearing then is preachers and, and believers and Christians, and we start talking about that, man, the wilderness is not a place for us to be. I don't want to be in the wilderness. A wilderness represents complaining and, and just sin and backsliding and you're just not obeying God and this, all this other messed up stuff. Forget the wilderness. I want to stay in the promised land. And many of us stand on that. I, no, dude, I want to stay in the promised land. I just want to stay here and just eat honey all day and just drink milk and just be a fat little calf and stuff until Jesus takes me. And we will live like that until we're led into the wilderness by God himself. Yes, God himself. And that is what we're going to be talking about today. I want to, if you can go to that first slide in today's sermon, as you guys can see, is your way or God's way. Somebody say your way or God's way. And let's get real personal with it. Say my way or God's way. That's what I'm talking about. You guys are all like modest about it, like my way or God's way, real low key. But if I'm like elevate. Everybody's like, "Yeah, that's what I'm talking about." But then we talk about real stuff like, "My way or God's way." Wait a minute. Pastor's trying to trick me here. Right? <laughs> so let me say this real low cuz in the end if he says, "Yeah, but you said." I'm like, "I never said it. I whispered it. You didn't hear me." No, we hear you. We hear you loud and clear, okay? So look, Luke chapter 3, 21 through 23. And we're going to be, the, the, the main focus of this series is going to be out of Luke chapter 4. That will be the remainder of this, um, of this series until we're done with it, which is going to be about four weeks or so. Uh, or four, I would say four series, four sessions of the series. Um, but in, or three or four, I'm sorry. But in this one, right I want to start off here because we got to know what's going on as far as like the backdrop, right? This is what's going on. When all the people, everybody can see this, right? Okay. When all the, matter of fact, hold on, let me pray. Man, let's pray real fast. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for this time, God. We ask now, God, that you would have your way, that you would guide us, lead us, and direct us, Lord God, in the way that we should go. And Father, God, even most of all, Lord God, open up our hearts, God. Open up our minds. Open up our ears. Open up our spirit, God, to your word. God, let us, let us receive your word. Let us accept your word. And let us receive your word. And, God, let us respond to your word, God. And let your word not come back void, Father God. Have your way in this place, God. I pray, Lord God, that there will be clarity, that there will be understanding. I pray that there will be uh, wisdom, knowledge, Father God, insight, revelation of you, God, that we may get to know you better and in turn get to know ourselves, God, and then to make you known, God. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name. And everybody says? Amen. Amen. Let's do this here, all right? So when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized, too. Say Jesus was baptized. baptized. And as he was praying, heaven was was open. Heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Now, Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. So just to give you just a quick picture, put this, you know, let me paint a picture in your head. Jesus, John the Baptist is baptizing people like like hotcakes, like dude, just jump in there. You know what I mean? Baptize you, bam, get up. He's baptizing people in water. And now here comes Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, son of God. He comes now, and he says, man, I need to be baptized. John ends up baptizing Jesus Christ, and as he's being dunked into the water, baptism is being submerged in the water and putting to death the old man. And when you come out of the water, it represents you now living the new man who lives for Jesus Christ. If you're not baptized, talk to one of our leaders. We will get you baptized and sanctified into the Lord, and God will have his way in your life. So Jesus Christ went through this, and as he's going through this, heaven, literally heaven opens up. Heaven opens up. The Father God starts speaking. The Holy Spirit, right? It's a trinity. God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and you see all three of them here. The trinity is represented in this place, and that's where we get as Christians, the trinity, three in one. May sound a little confusing. Our leaders are more than capable of explaining this to you. I can't do this right now because it'll be it will be on a whole other preaching session, right? But afterwards, if you want to ask me questions. I got you. So the Trinity, three in one: Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus is not the Father. The Father is not Jesus. Uh, the Holy Spirit is not the Father or the Son. Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. The Son is the Son. God the Father is God the Father. But they are all one and three, per, uh, uh, three and one and three persons. You guys get it so far? Talk to Lawrence after this, okay? He got you. So look, as this is happening, a voice came from heaven. This is God the Father. You are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Right there and then, I want us to understand what is going on in this picture. God the Father is confirming who God the Son is in front of everybody that was around. He was literally confirming the very identity of Jesus Christ, that he was the son of God, that he was loved by God, and that God was pleased with him. When we receive Jesus Christ into our lives, And we become born again. We say, God, come into our life. Make us, uh, save us, God. Make us born again. Forgive us of our sins. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my God. Right there and then, the heavens don't literally open up. Elevate, the ceiling is not going to be like, it all opens up. It transforms and stuff like that. And then we look up, the stars get broken up, and then we see it's not going to happen like that. But spiritually, this is what happens. Heaven breaks open. God the Father, right there and then, talks to each and every one of us when we get saved, and he tells us exactly what he told his son, Jesus Christ. You are my son, or you are my daughter. I love you, and I am well pleased with you. See, right there and then, we must understand the identity that God himself is giving us as his sons and as his daughters. He is making us his through Jesus Christ. He is not well pleased with us because of what we did or some, you know, some random prayer we did. No, he is pleased with us because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. He is pleased with us because of what Jesus Christ finished on the cross for us. His death, his burial, his resurrection was all for us that God the Father can now say, I am well pleased with you. And not only am I well pleased with you. You are my son. You are my daughters now. And I love you. And I love you. See, we have to remember these things in order to go on and walk into the wilderness. Because when we go into a wilderness, what happens is that we tend to forget who we are. And all of a sudden, the trials come and the storms come within this this wilderness and we're going through all type of stuff. Why am I here? What's going on? And the first thing that comes to mind is God doesn't love us. I must not belong to God because he would not be allowing this to happen in my life. He would not allow my family member to die. He would not allow this thing to happen, that thing to happen, this thing to happen, that thing to happen. That cannot be God. Why can't it be? See, why can't it be? Because look what happens after this to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. If we can go on to the next slide. The other one in the end, it said he was 30 years old when he started his ministry. Very key. It's letting you know Jesus Christ at 30 years old. How old was he? 30 years old when he started to preach and do his thing for God the Father. It's letting that know. So right when his ministry started, right after he got recognized and identified of who he is, his identity was given to him. This is what happens next. They start to give a genealogy. I couldn't go through that. But the whole genealogy goes from Jesus all the way down to Adam himself. Way in the beginning, the first man. And then from there it says the son of God. It goes all the way back to God. Luke is the only genealogy that you would find that goes all the way that traces back the ancestry all the way back to God Himself. And I'll tell you why that's important a little bit. Jesus, look what it says now about Jesus. Uh Luke chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, he was full of who? The Holy Spirit left the Jordan, that's where they were getting baptized at, and was led by the Spirit. He was led by who? The Spirit. Who is the Spirit of God? Right, but who is he? He is God. Thank you, Lawrence. Brother was born right here. He, I'm telling you, the brother knows these things. Yes, he was, he is God. Holy Spirit is God, right? Get this. God himself, full of, full of the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, and where does he lead him into? Into where? The wilderness god himself led jesus into the wilderness why why was there? let me keep reading where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil he ate nothing during those days and at the end of them he was hungry and look at this remember the, who who was in the wilderness for 40 years Israel, the children of God, right? You guys remember that? For 40 years. Jesus Christ was in the wilderness for how many days? 40 days. You guys see the similarity here? God is trying to sow us something here in the word of God, and we cannot miss this. And we'll get to that in a little bit. Just keep these things in your mind, right? Verse 3. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. Now, mind you, this picture again, right? The Holy Spirit, who is God, leads the Son of God into the wilderness where for 40 days the devil tempts him, and he's not eating anything. Why would they have to put these things in there? What difference does it make whether he's eating or not? What difference does it make? It has all the difference in there. And the reason is, see, the genealogy that happened before that, before this verse, God was trying to tell us that God the Son came into the world to make that which man messed up. You see, this thing wasn't happening by accident. It wasn't just like, okay, Jesus on the scene, boop, and he's going to the wilderness, boop, and it just keeps going on. It wasn't like that. Everything that God does is for a plan, precision, intentional. It has all of a purpose to do with god's will for our lives you see in this instance jesus christ was being led into the wilderness the very wilderness that many of us are like i don't got time for i'm not trying to be in i don't want the wilderness the wilderness is not a place where believers should be at but see if jesus christ himself was being led into the wilderness why can't we be in a wilderness what makes us more special than jesus christ himself Unless we think in our pride, I'm better than Jesus, right? And I don't think that's the case here, right? Anybody better than Jesus, right? Don't put your hand up. Do not put it up. My wife is watching. She will throw something at you. No, but we're not better than Jesus. But Jesus is better than us, and he gave us the example of what God wants to do in our lives. And see, when we move on here to the next one, there's two things that we need to notice. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. And see, the question is, which I don't think a lot of us know what's going on is, uh, uh, as far as like what's happening, is who is the Holy Spirit? Does anybody know who the Holy Spirit is now? He's God, right? He is God. They answered over here. I got you next time. Dude. Right? The Holy Spirit is God. And the thing is, what is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? Does anybody know? Other than the Bible study, Bible college students in here, or people that have been born of the altar, does anybody else know why the what is the, the significance of the role of the Holy Spirit? Anybody, take a guess. What's up? Say it. <laughs> okay. But it was a good try, though, man. All right? But this is what the Bible says right here in John 14:15. It says, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. To help, advocate means helper, to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives where? and will be where in you but the advocate the helper the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything i have said to you in john chapter 16 it talks about that the holy spirit will guide you and lead you to all truth that he only gives you what the father what he hears the father saying to give you that is the role of the holy spirit He is directing you toward the will of God for our lives. He is directing us according to what God the Father says and has planned for our lives. If Jesus Christ then is full of the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness, that means that the Holy Spirit heard God and His will and His purposes for Jesus Christ at the time that He said, Hey, go into the wilderness, fast for 40 days, honor me, obey me. Okay, here I go. I'm going into the wilderness. I'm going to fast for 40 days, and I'm going to honor God. This is what the direction of the Holy Spirit that was leading Jesus Christ right into the wilderness. And those two things we need to recognize. Now, look what happens while we're in the wilderness. As a matter of fact, before I even go there, the wilderness then, as, as represented here in Luke chapter 4, is a the place then where God would have us to be at. Even to the point where God will lead us to be at and to go through. You see, so it's not a place that we must avoid. It's not a place in which like, no, I'm not trying to go in the wilderness. No, I just want to stay right here then. Just leave me alone. I want to stay right here. See, but the thing is, if we choose to have that kind of mindset, we can never become what God would have us to become in this life or the next. Because without the wilderness... We can't do or become what God wants to become. And it might sound like, how can that be, Steve? What is it? The reason being is because before we got saved, we always did things the way we wanted to do it. See, Shimon wanted to do things the way Shimon wanted to do it. He wanted to do things the way he wanted to do it. David wanted to do things the way David wanted to do it. But see, once we get saved and God recognizes and gives us that identity, what happens is that we're still left with this old person that needs to be transformed. This old person that is used to doing things their way, used to just relying upon themselves, their parents, their girlfriend, their boyfriend, their dog, whatever it is, they're used to doing these things. And so right now, many of you guys may be inside a wilderness and wonder, how in the world did I get here? Why am I here? And what is the fastest exit that I can get out of here? And the thing is, that is the wrong questions to ask. Well, the first two are right. But the last one, trying to find the easiest way or the fastest way out is not. Because God prepared that wilderness just for you. It is just for you. If he can put a name on it, he will put your name on it. TJ's wilderness. And see, just like myself, when I got saved, I got saved when I was in a county jail. I did three years in there fighting a serious case, right? Can't say what the case is. If you want to ask me, I got no shame. I'll tell you later. Not going to say it on national live Facebook TV. You're not going to get it. But I was... Yes. So the thing is, right, when I was in there and I got saved, I had to go through the wilderness while being in jail. And during this wilderness, God said, drop your flags, stop gangbanging, stop doing this, stop doing that, and walk with me. You see, but I didn't realize that as I was walking with God during the beginning times of my life, that God was going to walk me right into the wilderness. And see, the wilderness for me was a boot camp for Jesus. That's what it was for me. When I look back, it was like, man, if I did not stay in there for three years, let's say if God saved me and literally delivered me right there and then, I probably would have been back for something even worse. But no, he had to keep me in there for those three years to take me through the wilderness so that I can become transformed and learn how it is to be a man of God who leans and trusts and relies upon Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus had to go through. Did he ever forget who he was? Did he not know who he was before he was baptized or before Jesus, before God the Father opened up the skies? Yes, he did. But he wanted to put that in there so that we can know what happens with us, so that we can recognize not only that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and he actually is who he says he is because it's confirmed in the Word of God, that he is God in the flesh, the Son of God. But see, it's even more than that because it wasn't about Jesus himself. Jesus was trying to show us, I'm here for you. I'm here to die for you. I'm here having to go to the wilderness to make things right where you made it wrong for you. And see, many of us are in the wilderness right now. And yes, it may be for yourself so you can learn how to lean on God, trust in God, and go through all these things so he can kind of slice and dice you down. All the things that don't belong to you or that would affect you in God's relationship, you have to go through the wilderness. But see, a lot of other times, because it's not just one time they got to go through the wilderness, there's going to be several times throughout your lifespan where God has to take you in there to remind you who you are, whose you are, and who he is. So you may even be going in there just for the sake of somebody else. Because Jesus wasn't going in there for him. He was going in there for us. You guys understand what I'm saying? And look what happens. While he's in there, inside the wilderness, mind you, he hasn't eaten anything. He's hungry. 40 days without food. I can't even do 21 days without cereal. Imagine like food, like legit food. I'm eating on trees, then I'm tearing off bark. I'm chewing, just throwing it in my mouth, dude. Just bam. You know, I'm eating that sucker like it's like, uh, what, what's that stuff called? What's that stuff I had at the house, babe? They got me for Christmas. It's like beef jerky, I'm t- ripping. Look. 40 days, God, I'm sorry, I failed. Just, just toss me out this bad boy, you know. But the thing is, look what happens now, right? The next thing. If you can go to the next one. The devil comes at Jesus Christ just like he comes at us. Now God knows. Jesus knows, right? God, God the Son knows why I'm in this wilderness. He knows the Spirit of God is leading him to do certain things at certain ways for a certain time. And he goes in there. And Luke chapter 4 verse 3 says this, the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Two things out of here, the devil attacks the identity of Jesus. And number two, the devil is tempting Jesus to do things his way and not God's way. You see, and that is exactly how the enemy begins to come at us. He comes against the fact of our identity, who you are. Who are you? And then the second one is that he tries again us to do things on our own. You see, when you read this scripture, this is not bad in itself. It's not like Satan is like, dude, sin, have sex. Like, you're not married, have sex. It wasn't like that. It was, it was real simple things, real subtle things. And that is how the enemy will come at us, real subtle things. Like, dude, just eat food. Just turn these stones into bread. Let me ask you something. Is Jesus able to do that? Why? How do you know? What? He's God. Right? If you go on and you start reading the Gospels, he fed 5,000 people with some bread and two fishes. Little fishes from a little boy. If he can do that, he sure can turn some stone into bread. You guys feel what I'm saying? He could have easily did this. And he asked him a question, if you are the son of God, then turn this stone into bread. See, the problem right here, the scheme of the devil and how he comes at us is that this is not sin in itself. What makes this stuff sin is the fact that he's attacking, one, the identity of Jesus Christ. And two, he's trying to get Jesus to do things his own way to find his own easy way out or his own exit out. See, a lot of us in here have been doing a lot of push ups and stuff. I've been going back in the gym. I'm doing some stuff. Last week, I was so sorry I preached last week, but believe it or not, I could not straighten out my arm. Like, my arm was like legit stuck like this. So I would like hold the mic, it would help, and I'm like tossing it so y'all won't recognize what's going on. I'm like, ooh, 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 you know? But no, legit, my arm was like stuck for like days. I couldn't even put it straight. I'm like, man, I done did too much, you know, biceps or whatever. It was stuck. But the thing is, right? On my own strength, when the devil comes at me, he doesn't come at you with a direct sin like, dude, tell God, go forget himself and then turn this, you know, eat some food. Forget the fast, eat some food. No. What he comes at you with is the first temptation is, well, who are you? And he can say, dude, yeah, you're, you're a son of God. Dude, you're a Christian, dude. It's okay, man. Just do your own thing, dude. It's right, just simple stuff. You can get it on your own, dude. Like, use your strength, dude. Smack this, dude. Or, like, do something real stupid. You know what I mean? Like, like technically, it's not like, dude, he talked back to you. Just talk back to him. Put him in his place. And I go, to the top, like, well, that's not bad. I mean, I'm just defending myself. And then after that, you're like Kevin you and like, well, dude, my mom told you. You better shut your stupid over. And I'll tell you cursing and you're sinning. You're fighting. You're in the principal's office. You're suspended. You come back home. You can come back to my house. My kids know you're getting whooped. But it's just what it is. Like, I did not tell your teeth. You know, it'll go from there. But this is how the devil's schemes work. And he tried to get Jesus to doubt the first promise that God just gave him. You are my son. I love you. And I am well pleased with you. See, the moment the devil gets a hold of that first part, the second part will come real easy. You will grab that stone, shake that sucker up, make a latte out of that, and just turn it into something awesome and drink it or eat it. And right there and then, even though it may not seem like it's sin, it would be sin because you're disregarding and disobeying the whole purpose of why God has you in the wilderness from the get-go. You see, and some of us like, dude, I won't do it. I'll just follow God. I just got this. I'll, I'll follow God. Adam and Eve was tempted with the same thing. It was the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, these three things. And when Adam, when, when the devil came at Eve, right, it was the female. Sorry, females, y'all. Oh, oh, oh. But then the man was right there. He didn't even say anything. He was just like a sucker, like, Eve, go and get him. Just, just grab it, girl. He, she starts eating. He looks, instead of rebuking Eve, he's just looking at her like, Girl, give me some of that stuff. Like, pass that sucker this way. He started eating the fruit too. We're both sinners. Now they're running around covering themselves. Sin just ran rampant into the world. And see, the devil came at him, and he twisted God's word. And he says, you will not surely die. See, but God knows that when you eat this fruit, you will be just like God. You will know good and evil. And what happens? He tricked him. Just like he tried to trick God with the same trick. He just worded a little bit different, but it's the same trick. And Adam and Eve, Eve first, female, woman, grabbed the fruit, ate that sucker, and gave some to her husband. he ate and brought sin and death into the whole world. That today, everybody that's born is born into sin. And we need a Savior who is Jesus Christ. You see, and right there and there, what they did, they gave the devil their authority over, over, over the earth. They gave it to the devil. And in this time, the devil just thought, just like he did with the children of Israel, too, the thing, he tempted the children of Israel with food. And he said, they started complaining, God, I'd rather go back to Egypt and die. Why would you take us here? And they started complaining, murmuring, bickering against God. And God had a rain bread from heaven. They failed the test. And now Jesus is being tested by the devil the same way they went through. God the Son is being tempted by the devil the same way, except this is what Jesus does. His response is, I'm sorry, this is the the expected result of the devil. Get us to doubt who we are in order to do the things our own way rather than trust God and his way. But Jesus' response was, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. It was not about what Jesus wanted. It was about what God wanted, God said, and God's will for Jesus' life. You see, I don't know what you guys are going through here. I don't know. If I can get, um, Stephanie, if you can get on the, the guitar. I don't know what you guys are going through here. I don't know what wilderness you're in, but I know you're in a wilderness. I know you're going through something right now. And see, the thing is, you're not in those wilderness just for nothing. You may ask the question, why am I here? What is going on? And at the same time, God is saying, I have you in here for a purpose. I have you in here for a reason. God, why am I going through this? Why is my family hurting, God? Why do I feel like I'm the only one believing in my school? God, what is going on, God? I feel like I'm in this wilderness. Nothing is going around me. I can't lean on nobody. And see, the devil himself, he begins to come. And he says, well, look, I got this girl for you. You can lean on her. Here you go. I got this boy for you. You can lean on him. Here you go. And the devil gets us to remove our eyes from God and put it on ourselves and make it about us and what we want, the comfortability we want. We just want to be at ease. We just want to have peace. We just want to have happiness. I just want to live a happy life. I just want to do me. And the devil comes and says, hey, you want to do you? I got you. I'm going to help you do you. Here, man, lean on this. And see, the whole time, the wilderness was created so that you can lean on God and have a relationship with God. And what the devil does, he brings the opposite sex to you. Some of you guys, he brings the same sex. And he's like, here you go. Why don't you lean on them? Why don't you get love and intimacy from them? Why don't you have sex with them and do the things or whatever that God has not given you right now? Get it from him. Get it from her. Get it from the same sex. Get it from drugs. Do all these other things. And the whole time the enemy knows if I can get them to stop doing that, I can get God to get or I can have them refuse God from doing what God wants to do in their life and just continue to focus on themselves. I'm the big me. I'm the big I. And see, I kind of tell you guys, man, the devil knows what he's doing. Do not take the devil for some fool other than You know, going against God, obviously, right? But don't ever take the the, the fact that, oh, I'm smarter than the devil. I'm going to take his little prize he got for me, and I'm going to have my way with his little prize, and then I'm going to go back to God and be like, dude, you thought you you had me, dude. I got away. I took your prize, had my way with this individual, and now I'm going to go do me. I'm going to go repent now. I'm going to go do me. I got you good, Satan. No, he got you good because you didn't even realize it, but you're wounded, and you're limping now. And like, dude, I got away Spirit Spiritually, you don't even see it. And you're starting to limp now. And you're limping away. And like, oh, man, I got that sucker. And now I'm still in God. I repented. You know, and I'm good, man. I'm just going to keep going. And next, you know, you're in another wilderness, and the devil does the same thing. And bam, you fall. You think you came up again. And now you're walking on your little nubs and stuff on your knees. And little by little, he's breaking you down and breaking you down and breaking you down. And before you know it, you don't even know God anymore. Before you know it, wilderness don't even matter anymore. You don't care about them and you find the easiest way out of them. But see, there's something greater than that, man, what God has for us. These wilderness, believe it or not, you may it may feel like they're a curse, it may feel horrible. It may feel like, God, I'm all alone in this place. There is no life around me. There's no animals running around. There's nothing growing on trees. I can't just snack on things. There's no river I can take a shower in or I can drink from. Lord, it looks like death is all around me. And Jesus saying, I know, son. I know, daughter. I had to make it like that in your life so that you can look to me. So that I can transform you and mold you. I had to take your mom through this so I can get you to look at me. I had to take you through this persecution and this suffering. I had to have that boy break your heart and break out with you and leave you like that so you could recognize that ain't real love. I'm love. I made love. I am love in bodily form. I had to do these things. I'm putting you through the wilderness so that I can begin to work on you and transform you. Will you let me do this to you in your life? You see, when I was locked up, man, there was a time where I wasn't having it. The wilderness became so huge for me, and it became so much for me, I would complain all the time, all the time. I would go to court, and it's like, yeah, we're going to give you 40 years. You're going down. You're gone. I'm like, oh, my goodness, what Go back to my cell, cry, Jesus, I love Jesus, forget you, you are a liar, whatever. I would start complaining against God, go back to court. My lawyer was an atheist. He was all jacked up, telling me I'm going to hell, telling me there's no God and all these other things. You're talking about a lonely place all by myself in the wilderness where the only person I can look to was Jesus Christ himself. And I remember that one day, like it was yesterday, I got on my knees and I said, Jesus, I'm tired. I'm tired of worrying about this. I'm tired of thinking about this. Every time I go to court, every month, every month, every month, the same thing. They're coming against me. They're trying to give me this time. You made me a promise that I'm not going to see the penitentiary, that I'm going to be delivered in the end. God, it ain't looking good. But God, I'm tired of this. And I got on my knees. I remember like yesterday, I started weeping to God. And I said, God, I'm tired of this. Have your way. Whatever you want to do, whatever happens to me, I do not care. I just want to serve you the rest of my life. If they send me down to the penitentiary, then I will cry out your name down there. If you set me free, I will cry your name outside there. If you put me in the hole, God, the only one is your name, God. I would praise you. I would serve you. I would honor you. I'm done with this stuff. And that day... That day, I kid you not, that day, freedom happened, man. There was like a release that came off of my body. It was like a monkey on my back, literally. And I could feel God rip him off me and throw him back to the pits of hell from which he came. And that day, I never experienced freedom like I did that day. There was a freedom, man. There was a peace in my heart, a peace in my mind that the jail couldn't take it. The prison could have taken away. The sheriff couldn't take it away. They could lock me up. They could put me in a little hole. It won't make a difference. I was free in my spirit. I was free in my mind. I was free in my soul because of Jesus Christ. And you know what happened after that? The wilderness became a joy. See, it wasn't about God. Why me? Woe is me, God. Woe is me. No, it was like, God, Lord, bring it, God. If you got to tear me down or bring me back up, God, have your way. If you got to take my arm, you got to take my legs, God. Lord, take it. Have your way. I just want to be the man you want me to be. I just want to be the man you want me to be, God. And see, today, I'm becoming the man that God wants me to be. Because wilderness wasn't a thing of, of a curse. Wilderness is a thing that I welcome now. God, put me in the wilderness because I know whenever you take me out of it, God, I'm going to be better than what I was when I first walked in this wilderness. I'm going to glorify you more. People are going to worship you more. That is the life I want. I welcome the wildernesses. And whatever wilderness you're going through right now, if we could all stand, whatever wilderness you're going through, you may be having that attitude of woe is me. Why me, God? Why my mother? Why my father? Why my brother? Why my sister? Why do I got to be the one to hold the family together? Why do I got to be the one doing this, God? Why me, Lord? Why not Lawrence? Why not somebody else? Why not TJ? Why not David? Why not Isaiah? Why not somebody? Why me, God? This is because you're my son. I love you and I'm well pleased with you. See, God doesn't want to leave us where we're at. He loves us so much, man, to put us through something like the wilderness, to make us better. He doesn't get any gratification. Like, it doesn't make God better. God is who he is. The same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. The one who benefits is us. It's us, man. Because in the end, we become victorious. In the end, we become the men and woman of God you see Jesus knew that and when he walked in the wilderness he was he knew who he was he knew he was the son of God he knew he was loved by God and he knew that God was pleased with him and when the devil came at him it was like no homie I'm not going to do this my way because I can easily turn this into bread yes I can I am the son of God I can do these things yes I can but I won't because I'd rather honor God I'd rather do it God's way and not my way. And what way What way would you do it? Is it about your way or is it about God's way? It's not questions you need to ask yourself. Is it your way or God's way? If we can go to the next one, two, two of them. You see, in the beginning, Jesus Christ was full of the Holy Spirit and he was led by the Holy Spirit. And I want to ask you guys here, are you full of the Holy Spirit? And are you being led by the Holy Spirit? Because, see, without those initial things, without the Holy Spirit being full, being filled with the Holy Spirit and being led by the Holy Spirit, you can't do nothing. You'll be like a wave, tossed to and fro, a boat just going this way, going that way. Well, homosexuality is good because everybody's saying it's good. I'm going to go this way. Well, doing whatever I want to do. Weed, they passed weed, they made it illegal. Hey, guess what? I'm getting high now. Hey, they doing this. The culture saying it's all good to do this. Hey, I'm racist now. It's all about me. Forget you. And we just go with the flow of the culture. We go with the flow of the the next trendy thing. But see, when you're solid and filled with the Holy Spirit and led by the Holy Spirit, you know what you do? You take a stand. You no longer toss to and fro. No, a real man or woman of God, filled and led by the Spirit of God, they take a stand right where they're at. Jesus, I'm taking a stand in your word, God. I don't care if the current is coming this way. I don't care if people coming at me this way, this way or behind me. God, all I know is that I'm on your word and I'm doing what you would have me to do. That is a declaration we need to make to the devil himself. Devil, I don't care what you're coming at me with. I don't care about your schemes. I don't care about your tricks, God. I don't care about none of this stuff. God, all I know is that I trust in you. It is about your way, not my way. It is about God's way, not your way. Because that is the way that leads us to become what you have been created and destined to be. Stop living beneath that. No matter how old you are. Stop living beneath what God said you are. You're a son. You're a daughter. You're loved by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And God is well pleased with you. He loves you the most today. He's not going to love you more tomorrow or more next week when you start going to church tomorrow. He loves you with his everything today. He is well pleased with you today. It don't matter what sin you did before you got to elevate. He loves you and he is pleased with you today because of what Jesus did. Will you honor that sacrifice? Will you honor that sacrifice? if you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and led by the Holy Spirit, then you need to be up here asking God, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Lead me with your spirit, God. And the second one, is the devil coming against your identity in Christ? Have you forgotten who you are? Have you lost sight of what God's word said you are? And you need to come up here, man, let God speak to you and tell you, who you are. And the last one, are you struggling to do it your way rather than God's way? Are you being tossed by the waves back and forth? And you're like, man, I'm tired of this wilderness. I don't want to deal with the wilderness. I want to find the fastest way out. And God to say, no, son or daughter, the fastest way out is doing it your way. If you stay in this wilderness, then I'm able to mold you to the person that I've called you to be. If you will, but do it my way. God's way. If that is you, I need to see you up here. And the last one, if you can go to the last slide. It's a simple question to ask yourself. Will you let God change? Thank you. Will you let God change you and transform you? If everybody can bow their head and close their eyes. These three things are vital in our lives as Christians. And obviously, if you're not a Christian, and if you die today, you think that you'll go to hell. And you don't know for sure if you're going to heaven. Then you need to come up here and honor this Jesus who died for your sins. Honor Jesus who went through the wilderness ultimately for us so that we can get the real example. See, we're not playing religion today. We're not playing church we're not just here to have some social gathering, man, and just start doing some Teletubby stuff or some, some, just some little lame stuff or whatever you can do at school. We're here to get face-to-face with Jesus Christ because it is about him, man. Will you let him change you and transform your life? If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, if you're struggling to do it God's way, and you'll be doing it your way for the longest. Then I want to see you up here at this altar. And let's pray together. These altars are open right now. And God is saying, will you let him do this in the wilderness? Will you let him take you on this journey?